0: I'm Alicia kurtz and welcome to Real Talk, a place where healthcare professionals share stories about their more human experiences working in medicine. Today we'll hear the third story in our first-year medical student series, this time from another California student, Brian. One of the things I love most about working with our Real Talk storytellers is that each person approaches their story preparation in their own unique way. Some people script it out word for word, like an essay. Others use an outline. Some tell a single story with a clear beginning, middle, and end. And others piece together a few smaller anecdotes that relate to an overlaying theme. And some people spend more time reflecting on or processing a topic more than telling an actual story. And then there's Brian. Brian's story has an almost journal-like quality to it. It's as if you're reading through these scattered pages from a year-long memoir of what it was like to be a first-year medical student. There's the good, the bad, and the ugly, all right there among those pages. Life is a lot like that in general. We all go through thousands of words and interactions and moments every day. So many moments that it would make it impossible to remember them all. But then, after however many weeks or months or years, we do remember some things. Maybe sometimes it's more thematic and blurry, like a montage instead of details, how we kind of felt going through a specific phase in our life. But some memories are much more exact. We can remember an insane amount of detail, the look on another person's face, their exact words in that moment, what you were wearing, how something smelled, or the texture of an item, how you felt with all of your senses being there in that moment. I'm not really sure what makes the memory more or less vivid for us. Sometimes it's more obvious, like we often associate memory with feelings and emotion. So if we're on the extreme in one way or another, thrilled or devastated, proud or humiliated, you're definitely inclined to remember that. The best and worst moments of our lives imprint pretty firmly in our brains. But what about the rest of it? What are the things that stand out to any of us as we go through the more normal parts of our life? In med school, for instance, as Abha, one of our previous medical student storytellers shared, you often feel like this cog in a wheel, just going around and around and repeating the same day over and over. So what stands out from that monotony? What's the take home at the end of the day? This is Brian's story.
1: My name is Brian. I'm a, I guess, a second year now in med school. And so, as part of the discussion, I was going to look back at my first year and sort of reflect on what my expectations were and that sort of thing. And for going into my first year, I really didn't have expectations at all outside of just I knew I was going to have to work hard. Everybody tells you, you got to work hard. So, I knew that I was going to have to do that. But I think more often than not, people, Oversell how hard it is. I think if you stay up on the work that you have in front of you and you don't get behind, you don't get distracted. Um, I think it's essentially just complex trivia. It's, It's really what it is. When you think about really hard classes, at least in my mind, I think more about like physics or calculus or something. But in medical school, it's mostly just, can you memorize some really minute, tiny detail about something that really probably doesn't have a whole lot of meaning in real life? everybody sort of like talks about this fire hose analogy and I, I can't stand the fire hose analogy I hate it because like, you hear it so much you really do you hear it like every day everybody mentions it when you're in your orientation week it gets brought up like two or three times a day um, and it just gets really exhausting to hear about the fire hose and I guess to me it's, it bothered me a lot because I'm kind of the person that If I'm in like a grind mode, I can stay in it, you know, like I can just bury myself in the proverbial trenches, right? And I can just stay focused on whatever task I have. But if I like take a second to step back and reflect on what's going on, then it starts to become a little bit maddening to me. I'd say the uh, greatest challenge and obstacle of medical school is probably just maintaining like a healthy study social slash personal life balance it's really easy to get sort of absorbed and just the volume of information that you have to know and i think that um it can be sometimes hard to feel like it's okay to you know go play the guitar for a couple hours or go to the gym for an hour or whatever it was and and sometimes you sort of will feel guilty especially or at least in my situation i wouldn't really feel guilty at the time but then I'd feel pretty bummed out when I like missed a question on a test or like didn't do as well as I wanted to or thought I was going to the next day. So I would retrospectively, um, feel guilty about things because I was like, man, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have done that. As far as where I see myself fitting into uh, a healthcare team, I want to be the frontline healthcare worker. I think that's sort of part of the reason why I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of the sort of didactic curriculum in medical schools. Um, I, I really, I just want to be in the hospital caring for patients. That's what inspired me to go to med school in general and it's just been further affirmed in my education. Uh, As far as first-year medical students' role in the world of medicine, that you basically have none. You don't really have any involvement in anything. You go to classes and you study, and that's pretty much it. And I think the only real way that you could change it would be to implement some real integration and uh, expose the first years to the hospital and that sort of thing, and we got a little bit of that. I mean, we got to see the NICU when we were doing like the pediatric exam skills, but I just I think I think there could be more, and I wish there was more. Some unique aspects of the first year of medical school, in my mind, the most unique thing was gross anatomy, hands down the best course in all of medical school so far. I loved. Anatomy. We were taught anatomy very well. Our faculty is incredibly intelligent, and they're very well spoken, and they know how to teach our anatomy course. I have absolutely zero complaints about. And to me, I think it's it's the most unique aspect of all education in general because I sort of would make the joke that like the only people in society who get to do something like human dissections are doctors and serial killers, and one of them is socially acceptable and and I just think it's a privilege that is uh, I don't take it lightly like it's very special that we get to do something like that as far as a a lasting memory that I'll have probably forever um, is schools puts on this body donation ceremony where the families of the patients that we were given the opportunity to dissect their families come and we hold a little ceremony to honor them and mourn their loss for the families and that sort of thing. And one of the things that they wanted from the students was they wanted some musical performances. And I have played guitar and sang since I was pretty much out of the womb. And so something that I got to do was in front of this, just like a crowd of hundreds of families of people who had donated their bodies. I went out and played the sound of silence for them. And uh, it was really emotional um and yeah that was probably one of the most amazing things i've ever done this dreams i walked along now the streets of frost
0: deep the halo rays swim now
1: i turn my collar to the cold and the down i remember when i was up there and i was playing it i remember vividly there was just this like in, the, in one of the first rows there's just this, like little old lady um that was up there crying and i i saw it i was like man this is either really good or it's really f- bad So they they're like <laughs> she's either loving it to the point of tears or i'm like making people's ears bleed right now Silence like a cancer um, one of the prompts that we were given is something that we experienced or saw or took issue with, and we hope to never, never repeat ourselves or do ourselves. And I think this one really stands out to me because I'm sort of a person that can be pretty uh, pessimistic or nihilistic or that sort of thing. It's just my sort of overall mood, um, and personality. And something that I had seen last year was I'd seen a, uh, doctor become so frustrated with a patient a patient who had been seen over and over and over for the same complaint and had become so frustrated with him that he actually told him to his face how he was going to die. Um, and I thought it was pretty inappropriate and yeah, it, it wasn't a good situation. Um, and so I, I, I think that because of my overall attitude and and personality, I think that I would be um, susceptible to getting sort of burnt out and feeling like I can't help somebody anymore. And, just become so frustrated to the point where I would lash out like that. And that's something that I want to keep an eye on and make sure that I don't do, because I, I did not like that that happened. Um, and then I didn't really have a good example of something that I would want to emulate. And I, and again, I think just generally, I, I sort of grab onto the more negative things and the positive things. So maybe that's, that's part of it. But one example that I had, was actually you, Alicia. Um, We had seen some trauma patient. I don't remember what was going on, but I remember that the individual was super panicked and freaking out. And rightly so. I mean, it was a legitimate trauma case. And I just remember you didn't have anything directly to do. It was like an outside service was having to work on them. And I just remember the individual was like panicking, hyperventilating, in pain. And I just remember you sat there and, and stroked his hair and sort of made like a whispering shushing sound like a mom would use to console a distressed child. And, and it totally worked. And he calmed down and was able to handle the procedure that needed to be done. And in that moment, I thought, man, I don't, I don't know that I'll ever be like as good a doctor as that. Cause I don't know that I could ever do something like that. Not that I don't have the ability to, but just that, like, I don't know that it's in me, but if I can, I I would, want to be something like that something that i would want to change about myself and my mindset i guess is again trying to be more uh optimistic rather than so pessimistic or nihilistic i think that would be a a better way to think uh goals for this coming year uh, sort of like we were talking about i want to pass step. i mean that's the biggest goal and then hopes yeah my biggest hope is to pass step with a competitive score or at least one that will get me into the residency <clears throat> that I'm looking to get into. Um, and then, yeah, in, in line with that, my fear for this this year is to fail stuff. Uh, I would hate to to fail it and then have that on my like record moving into residency applications. But yeah, that's pretty much it.
0: Okay, I'll be honest. I totally almost cut that part of Brian's story that was about me. Because in a way that I'm sure many of you relate to, it is not my jam to talk about myself like that, especially on this show. But in the end, we left it in because when Brian told that part of his story, it totally caught me off guard. In part because I really don't remember that moment, which is actually the point. I don't remember it, but Brian does. And in just a a few minute reflection, looking back on tens of thousands of moments, that one stood out for him. Something that I did when I was acting as my best and most compassionate self, that stuck with somebody else. It's one of the clear memories that he has amongst a sea of more blurry ones. These days, life has been a little rough. I think we can universally agree that 2020 has pretty much been a complete and utter letdown so far, which now that I think about it is kind of how I felt about those first two years of medical school, too. You work super hard to even be able to go to med school because you want to help and heal people. And then you spend the larger part of that two years basically glued to a classroom and a desk and learning and studying and rarely, if ever, even interacting with a patient your life is like the epitome of monotony. And it would be pretty easy to throw the whole thing out as a single lump sum memory of terribleness, a time that you just suffered through until the next few years. Or you could be intentional about going through the rougher times and making those memories mean something to you. Acknowledge the parts that you hate, but learn from them and find ways to not perpetuate those things in your own life, or in this case, your own medical practice. And you can look for the parts that you appreciate. The incredible gift it is to dissect a human body, to be that intimate with our own anatomy in a way that the vast majority of people who exist will never be able to. And we can remember that part of our life that never changes. That butterfly effect. The way that our actions, our choices, our behaviors can affect and impact the people around us, even in ways we may never get to realize. For Brian, he has this memory of me, that when I hear it back, makes me really proud of the person that I am when I'm at my best, when I'm the doctor that I'm meant to be. The doctor that acts in a way that's worth taking up space in somebody else's memory. When Brian in turn then gave his time and talents to perform at that ceremony, I mean, wow. While I know that was a special memory for him, I can only imagine what it was like for the families of the people that literally donated their bodies, that gave themselves to his education. Those families will probably remember that day and that song forever, and in a way that Brian won't remember it. Even in the age of COVID-19, with physical distancing and living half of our lives on computer screens, we are all still inextricably connected. The decisions we make, the way we treat others, how we spend our time, our failures, our successes, they all affect the people around us. So when you're at your best, what's the memory other people will have of you? When was a time lately, maybe related to so many of the stressors that exist in our world today, but that you were not your best self, or that you may have left somebody with a less than ideal memory of you? When you think back on maybe the hardest thing you've ever done, whether it was med school or whatever else, what are the high sensory memories that you have that stand out amongst the others? And what makes that memory? for you? What can you learn from that memory that maybe you didn't think about before? Thank you to Brian for sharing his story with us, to Marco Gonzalez, our sound engineer, and to all of you for listening. I'm Alicia, and this is Real Talk. Want to connect with the Real Talk podcast or record your story with us? Start at realtalk.transistor.fm or you can follow the link in the show notes for this episode.